Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Missed that so much. It is Leprechaun Lunch. I can't believe we're here either. <laughs> we're at the first football Friday of the season. <sighs> like it, 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 it's like I'm still invested in baseball season. Just because, like, the Mets are actually doing something. The Mets are competitive again. Uh, so football season, uh, while I'm happy it's here, uh, just feels like it came up really, really quick. So I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm a little giddy right now. But, uh, again, I am thrilled that it's football season again. This town, this town is just so much more fun during football season. And uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, there, there's a little added bonus to when this town is fun. This town is fun when Notre Dame is good, too. Uh, home games just have a whole different air about them. You know, you go walk around tailgates and, uh, you know, go walk around the stadium parking lot and somehow wound up, wind up in the, uh, in the mayor's tailgate like I did eight years ago, um, <laughs> drunkenly. Uh, <laughs> uh it, it, it's just got a different air about it, and we got to wait for that air, you know, as far as uh, as far as the tailgates go. That comes next week, but a huge first test for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish coming up tomorrow night. Number two, Ohio State in Columbus at the Horseshoe against your number five Fighting Irish. Again. I can't believe that I'm saying it either right now. It feels like I still have another two months to football season. It's 87 degrees outside for crying out loud. That's not football weather. But we are here. And we'll be here next week. We'll be here all through the season, too, with uh, with Leprechaun Lunch every Friday at noon. All right? It is brought to you by the fine folks at First State Bank. In fact, it's powered by First State Bank, locally owned and operated. Also, uh, Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. They're helping us out. And also Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing. Contact Terry Clark in South Bend or Matt Carroll in Mishawaka. So, of course, you know, the, the giant question uh, how is Marcus Freeman going to do in his first season as the Notre Dame head coach? Okay, fair question. Um, we kind of we kind of saw how, like a little bit anyway. We saw it a little bit in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, this is this is Marcus Freeman's playbook that we're going to be getting. This is his coaching staff. This is what they're going to get. Uh, it's a lot different than what we had in the Fiesta Bowl. It's a lot different. That that was uh, that that was all the old news. That was that was Brian Kelly's playbook. Um, obviously, something that we can take lessons from. If you're Marcus Freeman, absolutely. Uh, but uh, you know, how is he going to adjust to being a head coach? I mean, he was only a coordinator 
uh, for the first time last year. He's one of the youngest head coaches in college football, 36 years old. He's younger than I am. That just feels weird, too. He's coached for uh, just 12 years, five different schools, uh, just a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame for the first time, anyway. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator for six of those seasons. Uh, so, you know, just... What do you think, huh? Huh? Um, but he's got huge support around him. And he's got a really, 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 really good team around him, too. Now, that doesn't mean that we could be in for a long year. It could be a little bit of a, of a trying year, all right? Case in point, Alabama, when Nick Saban went there, his first season, they went 7-6. and six. Seven and six. The guy who we consider to be the greatest college football head coach uh, of all time. Seven and six in his first season at Alabama. He had to build it up. Had to, had to take a little bit of time. Had to figure out what he had. And then he had to figure out how to build it up. And look what's happened. Look what's happened with, with Nick Saban. Exactly. We're seeing him every other commercial break now with with a duck on television. (laughs) We can't escape Nick Saban. We can't do it. Another big question, obviously going to be quarterback play. Jack Cohn was a quarterback last season. 3,150 yards passing, 25 touchdowns on the year. Pretty solid. Pretty solid for the the transfer out uh, out of Wisconsin last year. But he's gone now. Tyler Buckner in the quarterback chair, QB1. Probably going to need to produce at at least that level for Notre Dame to be competitive. And really, I I, I think Jack Cohn kind of set set like a new bar as far as where where Notre Dame quarterbacks should, should be sitting, you know? I think so anyway. I mean, Ian Book... You know, before him was great. Obviously, you know he, he's got the most wins as Notre Dame quarterback. But as far as production goes on a year-to-year basis, I think I think Jack Cohn definitely set a uh, definitely set a bar. I, I I felt that Jack Cohn last year was better than Ian Book uh, the year before. So if uh, if Tyler Buckner can get you know over three thousand yards, can get around 25 touchdowns that that's perfect. And of course, a new little added wrinkle that we didn't have with either one of those guys is that uh, Tyler Buckner can move. Tyler Buckner can get out of trouble with his feet. When was the last time we had that here? Like it's been a while. <laughs> like I I can't really recall the last time, I mean, maybe maybe Malik Zaire. Okay, all right, Malik Zaire. Still going back a little bit, but we had we had a couple of statues basically in between then. So we get to see Tyler Buckner now, and oh by the way, he can run. I wonder if Ohio State's actually kind of ready for that. Like we saw it a little bit last year, but there's not a ton of film on Tyler Buckner. Just 46 attempts, 336 yards last year, three touchdowns. He added 298 yards and three touchdowns uh, through the air, too. The, uh, the first numbers, his, his numbers as a runner. So, let's see, quick math. 620-something yards altogether. Not a ton of, not a ton of film. So, and they and they mostly used him as as the running quarterback. He he really, you know, I mean, like through the air, like that's a game. That's hopefully going to be a game. You know, two hundred ninety eight yards, three touchdowns. We hope that's a game every week coming out of Tyler Buckner this year, right? Secondary is another big uh, another big question. Probably, 
probably that and quarterback play, 1A and 1B. Kind of interchangeable, really. They were good. They were certainly very good. Kyle Hamilton, I mean, you know, he, he, great. He's All-American. First-round draft pick in the NFL. Middle of the pack, though. 224.2 passing yards per game last season. It's about middle of the pack. And, again, they lost Kyle Hamilton. They, they lost their best player. Then, again, they also lost him midway through last season due to injury. And they are returning both of their starting corners in Tariq Bracey and Clarence Lewis. They've got former All-American safety Brandon Joseph coming in from Northwestern. Got that le- There's plenty of leadership in the secondary. I think, I think the secondary is going to be much better this season. And I don't know if Ohio State's ready for that either. Lack of experience as far as, you know, behind Bracey and Lewis and, 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 uh, and Brandon Joseph. Okay, sure. But, I mean, it's a hell of a test. Nation's best total offense in 2021 was Ohio State, obviously. In fact, I, I saw a stat where, what was it? They... They only scored under 30 points twice, and the lowest of those two games was 26 points. It's a lot of offense. C.J. Stroud is a Heisman Trophy winner. All right? Not yet. Just mark it down for later. They got a good, good... I mean, it's Ohio State. Of course they're going to be good. They are the cream of the crop of the Big Ten. Arguably one of the biggest conferences in college football. Ohio State is always there in the playoff chase. We know this. Notre Dame could get there too, though. Secondary has its work cut out for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if the secondary, and the defense in general, really, if the secondary and the defense in general can get stops when they need it, and if the offense can keep pace, then guess what? We are covering the, making the cover! Woo! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do feel it. And if we're hitting the cover, which, by the way, 17 points as of this morning at, uh, at BetMGM, if we're hitting the cover of 17 points, I think Notre Dame's, you know, regardless of losing, I think they're still number five come next week. Now, if they're not, if they're not in the top 10 after, after next week, after losing, you know, possibly losing anyway to Ohio State, um, what do we care about the AP and the coaches' poll anyway? We're <laughs> national championships aren't dis- aren't determined that way anymore. <laughs> we don't care about your silly polls. But the committee's watching. Obviously, I mean, one of the members is Jack Swarbrick. Of course, he's watching. But the rest of the committee's watching too. Notre Dame needs to put up a solid effort. They need to do better than just making the cover. Making, you know, coming within 17 points. If they lose by like four, that's pretty good come college football playoff ranking releases. Especially against Ohio State. Especially against Ohio State. So. Those were my questions as far as uh, as far as the season goes. Now, of course, the burning question: How do I think they're going to do? Okay. So, worst case scenario, and we need to be ready for it. We need to be ready for it. Okay. This game, they could be zero and one. Okay. 
let's let's just easy, okay? Again, like I said, if if they make a solid effort, zero one after Ohio State, still not a terrible place to be. Then you got Marshall. Yep, they're they're up to they're up to one and one there. In fact, uh, let me. Uh, I need something to uh, help accentuate this a little bit. Uh, there it is. So we're up to one and one after Marshall. Cal comes to town September 17th. Um, you remember them, right? They used to be something back in like the 70s. They had that game where the marching band got on the field early. <laughs> some some dude's trombone wound up getting wound up around a football player. <laughs> if they don't beat Cal by like two scores... Maybe we need to kind of rethink things a little bit, but still, two and one after Cal. Okay, two and one after Cal. North Carolina. By the way, have they? Like, are we going to find out ever when the North Carolina game is going to be? It's still a TBA. <laughs> it's still a TBA as far as the time goes. September twenty fourth. We know that. All the TBAs are. Uh, are road games too and uh doing what i do here uh the fact that we have one of those games in september absolutely drives me insane <laughs> for a myriad of reasons i can't get into but if my my boss any of my coworkers are listening right now they know why all right north carolina they head down to chapel hill uh, I don't think they're going to have a problem with North Carolina. Sam Howell's gone. Offense, I mean, he was basically the offense last year anyway, and they wrapped him up pretty good. Three and one. BYU out in Vegas. I find it awfully ironic, by the way, that... Uh, <laughs> two of the preeminent religious institutions in the country are playing a game in Vegas. I'm not against it by any stretch. I love it, quite honestly. More. More of that, please. Jaron Hall's pretty underrated. Led them to 10 wins a year ago. But BYU's not Notre Dame. Come on. Could be a shootout. Could definitely be a shootout. BYU will always be able to score. That's just that's just their mo. But I think I think Notre Dame's defense is just better. So let's get to four and one. Stanford coming to town. Uh, David Shaw's program not exactly what it used to be. Hasn't been really for some time. Yeah, five and one. Um, UNLV here at the stadium. UNLV uh, won just two games a year ago. Yeah. Six and one, okay? They might win three or four, but Notre Dame's not going to be one of them, so don't worry about UNLV. Uh, up to Syracuse in October. The end of October. That's Halloween... Uh, well, the Saturday before Halloween, anyway. Halloween's a Monday, which kind of sucks, but different story for a different time. Syracuse on October 29th. Irish probably looking ahead into November with some momentum. They could be looking ahead because Clemson is the next week. Syracuse has all the markings for a trap game. And it is in Syracuse. The Carrier Dome, or whatever the hell they're calling the place now. Carrier lost the naming rights to to the dome. Hmm. Just as well, I mean, for ages, the place didn't even have air conditioning. So why should it have been Carrier to begin with? Uh, but Syracuse can be tricky at home. And again, trap game, Clemson the next week. 
but they still get to seven and one. November fifth, Clemson coming to town, night game under the lights. Um, I think we start drinking on Thursday for that game too. I mean, that's going to be such a good time. That's going to be such a good time. And then, and then we get to the game. Clemson finished last year ten and three. Won the Cheez-It Bowl. Hey. Amazing to consider that a 10-win season for Clemson last year was a disappointment. Of course, you know, everybody was expecting a whole hell of a lot more out of Clemson last year. I think they rebound this year. Last time they played ACC championship a couple of years ago, back you know back in 2020, Trevor Lawrence was in that game. Couldn't really keep up. Things happened, but they beat them here at home. I'm gonna tr- just butcher this name, and I like I've been trying. I've really like I was rehearsing this name. I've been trying to rehearse this name like all week. Uh Uyajale, I, I I think. I don't know. Uh DJ. Hey, how about that? Uh he was under center. They they had some success. Obviously, you know two years have gone by since then. DJ's probably gotten a little better. And the pressure's on Clemson not to have Another disappointing ten and three season. Quite the quite the luxury, to be perfectly honest. That's my coin flip game. I don't know how that game's gonna go. I don't know what to make of Clemson still right now. That's my coin flip game. Worst case, of course, being a loss. Notre Dame's at seven and two. Okay. Or they could be eight and one. That would definitely be like the much better way to go. But again, that's a coin flip. I want to say Notre Dame's going to pull it out just because of the home field advantage. Uh, because this time, the place is going to be packed. Like People are going to be hanging off the sides of the stadium quite out for that game. That's good. This town is going to be nuts <laughs> November 5th. Navy at Baltimore. Of course, you know, the big Navy game. We do it every year. Navy again. Not going to be much. Uh, We are up to... We're up to 9-1 on my count. 9-1 on my count. Okay. Boston College. Phil Dracovic. Hoping to finally beat his former school. Phil Dracovic is the only piece that Boston College has to be able to pull that off. 10 and 1. <laughs> and then finally USC, I mean USC's quite the sexy pick right now. USC has 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 better uh better money line odds to win the national championship than Notre Dame does. Last time I checked I think no, uh, USC was like plus 2500, like still a ways off, still well behind Alabama, Ohio State. Georgia, um, but still better odds. Uh, I th- I think that's a lot of hype because they still got to play the game. Now you got a lot of guys from Oklahoma <laughs> at USC now. Lincoln Riley sure uh, sure loaded up the moving van, didn't he? Definitely a solid team that the you know a- a- any team can do that with the portal. You know, it's that's going to be something that we all still have to get used to. Really, a team can be better just like that. That said, you think they're going to let USC push them around? So eleven and one with a loss to Ohio State. That's at least a New Year's Six bowl. That's my thought, anyway. 11 and 1 
at least a New Year's Six Bowl. We'll see how I did. I'm usually terrible at this stuff. <laughs> like the, the this segment coming up, you know, before the USC game. I mean, it could be just oh, set put it on your calendars now. Set the alert for your calendar. For me eating the biggest, fattest crow after eating turkey the previous day. (laughs) Just loading myself full of food the previous day for Thanksgiving. It is Leprechaun Lunch powered by First State Bank. Coming up, I've got uh, all the the games that really matter as far as as your gambling weekend go. Uh, It's all college football, too, this week, which I'm not going to lie. It's a beautiful thing because I'm really not ready for the NFL yet. Mm-mm. I'm a Giants fan, too, so the more we can prolong that, the better. Uh, anyway, before that, uh, going to be hearing from uh, from Tyler Horka. We're going to replay uh, his interview with Darren on weekday sports beat that, uh, that happened on Wednesday. We'll replay that coming up. It is Leprechaun Lunch powered by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up tomorrow, Tim Growl and myself kicking off the 50th season of Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, the 50th anniversary of the show this season on WSBT Radio. Very cool. And of course, loaded as always. Got former Notre Dame All-American and Super Bowl champ Derek Mays, got former Irish quarterback Brandon Wimbush and his teammate Josh Adams, we've got former wideout Bobby Brown, teammate uh, Reggie Florima, uh, the uh, current head orthopedic physician for the Fighting Irish, Dr. Brian Radigan, he's in Columbus, we'll be uh, checking in with him, and also uh, Pete Sampson from The Athletic and Len Clark from Irish Illustrated, they're both in Columbus as well, do a uh, little roundtable discussion on this year's team, the players, and uh, also what we think is going to happen tomorrow. And then after Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, we've got game day sports beat powered by Michelob Ultra. Darren, it will be joined by Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated. They talked on Wednesday about the game coming up tomorrow. Let's start with the wide receiver position, something we've talked about a lot during the offseason. I guess it's now coming more into focus who are the main guys, at least when you look at the depth chart. Jaden Thomas has grabbed a starting spot. Lorenzo Styles and Braden Lindsey now. As we know, there could be running backs, tight ends. They could be lined up as wide receivers in this game. Just give me your gut feeling. How do you think this whole wide receiver positions are going to play out in this game against Ohio State? Dare I say I'm actually pretty optimistic about this position group. I saw Chancey Stuckey coach these guys up very intently for three weeks in fall camp, and I was very impressed by the work that they put in. Now you have Jaden Thomas healthy. As you mentioned, he got over that hamstring strain. It looks like Deion Colsey, who's also on the depth chart, backing up Lorenzo Styles, a boundary wide receiver. He's passed his knee sprain. So you've got numbers all of a sudden at that position, especially if you factor in Xavier Watts. Look, when you're playing football on Saturdays at this level, you're never going to rotate more than – you know, usually it's like six or seven guys. And if you add Xavier Watts, you've got eight. So I'm actually pretty comfortable with the numbers if everyone stays healthy. Now, from a talent perspective, Lorenzo Styles is shaping up to be a bona fide wide receiver number one. He's just a sophomore. He's going to get better every game throughout the season. The hope is that Jaden Thomas gets better every game throughout the season as well. And putting him at the starting slot wide receiver position, I think that actually – bodes well for Notre Dame from a confidence perspective because there you got a pretty big body guy who you think can do everything a slot wide receiver needs to do for your football team in order to have a successful offense. 
you can keep Lorenzo Styles on the outside now where maybe he's able to stretch the field a little bit more and make more plays downfield. And then you have a guy like Braden Lindsay on the other side of the field who that is his forte. He wants to burn opposing secondaries and get down the field. Maybe hit him on some bubble screens, get the ball in his hands, and see if you can set up some blocking so he can run with the ball down the field. All of a sudden, I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident about this position group, which was not the case all offseason. And you got a guy in Tobias Merriweather who I was very impressed with as a true freshman in fall camp, not even on the depth chart. He's a guy mm-hmm. that could sneak up and come in, you know, in the second quarter or third quarter of some ball games and, and have some pretty big catches for this Notre Dame team. So this, this is not an Ohio State wide receiver group. There is only one wide, you know, wide receiver group like that in the country, and they reside in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> maybe Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But it's a pretty good group, and I think Notre Dame can do some things with these guys. He is Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out his work at blueandgold.com. So, game number one of the season. We know about three veteran cornerbacks that are going to be out there against this high-powered Ohio State offense. You've got Cam Hart, Clarence Lewis, and Tariq Bracey. There has been a debate all offseason. Who are going to be the guys that are going to move up to those number four and number five spots? You know you're going to need more than just three guys throughout an entire football season. You're probably going to need more than three in this game. It's going to be probably pretty warm in Columbus. And if Ohio State's offense is rolling... You know, you're going to need some reserves on standby. Benjamin Morrison, Jaden Mickey, at least appear to be four and five entering this football game. How comfortable do you think Irish fans should be knowing those two are one play away from being a very important part of this game? They should be fairly comfortable. You never want to throw a true freshman on the back end of your defense, and both of those guys are true freshmen, but... Look, if they've outplayed the sophomores, and when I say sophomores, that's Ryan Barnes, Chance Tucker, who I think are guys who are progressing on a natural timeline like you would see from year one to year two, if they're already ahead of those two guys, then that just means they're really good football players. And what I saw in fall camp would back that up. Benjamin Morrison, physical for his size. Jaden Mickey, kind of the same thing. Two really good athletes, two cerebral players who their position coaches We'll talk up all day and say, these guys came in and they got it right right away, and that's why they are where they are, and they're showing up on a depth chart before a consensus top five game. So comfortable, yes. Uh, cautiously optimistic is probably the better word, just because you don't really know what they're going to look like when they've got to line up across from Jackson Smith and Jigba, and C.J. Stroud is staring them down and saying, I'm going to throw the ball over your head. That might happen if they're forced into action this Saturday. I don't think Notre Dame wants those to be the guys that are out there, but the fact that they're showing up on the depth chart, depth, depth chart means mm-hmm. if they have to, you know, so be it, and, and they're ready to play. From a Notre Dame standpoint, going into this first game against Ohio State, what are you most excited about or curious about with this Notre Dame football team? Two words. One name, Tyler Buckner. Yeah. And it has to be Tyler Buckner because this is his first start, and it's coming against the number two team in the country on the road in what has to be one of the most hostile environments in the country. That is a really big ask for a true sophomore who hasn't started a football game, let alone at this level, since 2019. You know, COVID-19 wasn't a thing the last time Tyler Buckner started a football game at quarterback. Now, does that even really matter? I think some people will probably say no, because he's the same guy that he was uh, last year, and he's got some a lot of the same qualities that he had when he was starting in San Diego, California, three years ago. And now, obviously, he's a much more mature player. Tommy Reese has coached him up very intently in the last nine months to get him ready for this point. Marcus Freeman has been in his ear for the last nine months saying, You know, if you're going to be the guy, you're going to have to be ready to be the guy and show and prove that you're the guy. By all accounts, Tyler Buckner has done that. So I'm most interested to see if that translates onto the field. One thing I would say I'm a little worried about is we got to see two full practices at Notre Dame during fall camp, and he was a little bit of a slow starter. You know, he had some early misfires, and the offense didn't look very smooth, but then – 
Drew Pine would relieve him, maybe do a good thing, and then he would come out and be like, oh, yeah, I, I got to turn it on now. And he looked really mm. good. Against Ohio State, I don't know if the Buckeyes are going to afford the kind of – maybe it is C.J. Stroud hitting a deep ball and Ohio State goes up early 7-0 to and Buckner says, you know what, let's play. You saw that Virginia Tech last year. I know Buckner didn't start that game, but the Hokies kind of punched – Notre Dame in the mouth, and Tyler Buckner responded and was a major reason why they won that game. And Tommy Reese has pointed to that game and said, hey, this is the type of baller that we have. This is the guy that we're starting at Ohio State. So I'm definitely most interested to see if that is the Tyler Buckner Notre Dame is going to get, you know, play in, play out. Tyler, Ohio State favored by 17.5. Many consider Ohio State the team with the best chance to win the national title, not from the Southeastern Conference. There is a lot of excitement around this Ohio State team. There is a perception that the defense is going to be a whole lot better than what we saw last year. Now, we have to see it to believe it. There is a lot of belief that this might be the best team in the country that the Irish are facing. I know we could spend a lot of time on this, but narrow it down. What is your biggest concerns about this matchup against Ohio State? Yeah, it's definitely the offensive side of the ball because you've got maybe three guys over there who have intention to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony in December. And I don't know if Notre Dame right now has one guy who you could confidently say, yeah, he's got a real shot to be there. I know Michael Mayer is maybe the best tight end in the country, but how many times do you see a tight end make it that far and go to that ceremony? you got C.J. Stroud. Uh, Travion Henderson and I mentioned Jackson Smith at Jigba. Those guys all had some of the best seasons at their respective positions in all of college football last year. They all play on the same team, and they're all back, presumably better, more mature, a little wiser, and just better football players. So it's just a really scary proposition for Notre Dame to be up against that in their friendly confines. I think Ryan Day is a heck of a coach. So not only are these guys just supremely talented – athletically they're coached by someone who sought them out uh, you know urban meyer might be one of the best offensive minds this game has ever seen he's kind of an urban meyer protege was with him there for a few years before he got this opportunity ryan day is 34 and 4 as a head coach since mm. he he was 3 and 0 as an interim in 2018 and obviously he's 31 and 4 in the two seasons since then so th- this is just a powerhouse you laid it out perfectly in your question they're one of the best Programs in the country, not just one of the best teams this year. They do this year in and year out. I mean, we're talking about a team last year that finished 11-2, and two, won the Rose Bowl, and somehow they have a chip on their shoulder because they <laughs> felt like they underperformed yeah. and they lost to those guys wearing maize and blue. So it's just, it's just a really tough ask against a really good team for Notre Dame. Tyler Horka, Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out his work at blueandgold.com. My new co-host for Game Day Sportsbeat, powered by Michelob Ultra, Saturdays here on WSBT Radio. So let's narrow it down to this. As you look into your crystal ball, what are the ultimate keys for Notre Dame to go into Columbus and pretty much shock everybody in the country not wearing blue and gold and take down number 2 Ohio State? I think it's going to be limiting the big play potential that Ohio State has. If they grind out a 12-play, seven-minute drive, yeah, the defense is going to be frustrated for Notre Dame because they were out there for so long, and drives like that usually result in touchdowns. But if you give Ohio State the opportunity to strike in two plays and then maybe Notre Dame goes three and out, and all of a sudden Ohio State's out there again, and then they hit you with that long drive, that's going to be a really long day for Notre Dame. So none of the big plays. You, you can't let Ohio State score 60 yarders on you, 70 yard, yarders on you. And we saw that a little bit with the Notre Dame defense last year. The big play was definitely an issue, even in you know against Florida State in that season opener. That's kind of how that game got to overtime in the first place. So if you're giving up big plays to this Ohio State team, it's, it's pretty much good night. And then – on the other side of the ball, I think Notre Dame wants to have, you know, sustained long drives of its own because that's kind of the DNA of this football team. Marcus Freeman has said it over and over in the offseason, we're going to run the ball. And, you know, if that means a 70-yard touchdown for Chris Tyree, then they're going to take that all day. But if that means 
Audric Estime gets seven here and ten there, and then Tyree hits you for 15, and Logan Diggs goes 5-5-5, all of a sudden you are playing right into the strengths of this Notre Dame team, and that will kind of prolong the game for them. But then, you know, those two things have to work in tandem because if Notre Dame is sustaining those drives, but then Ohio State hits them very quickly, it's 7-7, to and pretty much all that work that the Notre Dame offense did is eradicated. So two different strategies on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think Notre Dame has a chance if it can sustain drives and, and not let Ohio State score the big play. And Notre Dame defense is uh, – if you guys saw Jason Adamalola's quote yesterday, <laughs> they are the uh, the baddest you-know-waters in the country is what he said. So they, they have a chance to prove it because I think Ohio State on the other side of the ball probably has maybe the best offense in the country. I don't remember the last time a Notre Dame football player – was as violent in his words as Adam Yola was last night. There's a little bulletin board material for Ohio State in there in those comments, I think. I can't remember the last time someone was as aggressive in their comments like this. It kind of sounds like once he started to go down that road again, he kind of got pulled away from his media duties. But I was I was shocked you were standing there. I mean, this guy is a confident football player, and I think he was just speaking honestly. The crazy thing is Notre Dame has two of them. They have two guys with the same last name. <laughs> yeah. That's Adam Alola, and they're equally as confident. So, of course, the other one backs up Isaiah Foskey as uh, the team's number two Viper and number two sack getter from a season ago. And I think he has his sights on improving his total of five sacks a year ago. I talked to him a couple times this offseason. He says there's no reason why I can't get double digits and Isaiah Foskey gets double digits. If that's the case, they better uh, spend some of those on C.J. Stroud because we were talking about keys to victory for Notre Dame a little earlier. I think bringing down number seven on the other side is, is mm-hmm. a huge one. He can't throw touchdown passes when he's laying on the ground. I know that's <laughs> groundbreaking material, but it's uh, it's a pretty good proposition for Notre Dame if they get that guy to the ground. All right, let me leave you with this. My Twitter question of the day today who will win this year's college football national championship? You get two choices. Choice number one is Alabama, Ohio State, or Georgia. Your second choice is Notre Dame and everybody else. You get the rest of the field. Which direction do you go? I know all the listeners out there want me to go choice number two, but i I got to go choice number one. And, and listen to this. It's not because Ohio State is – some you know big bad team and Notre Dame is playing the prohibitive favorite to win it all. I think that's actually Alabama, and I think Alabama yeah. somehow you know has a chip on its its shoulder as well. It's crazy how good these programs are when they have all the success that they had last year. Alabama losing in the national title game. And, you mean the rebuilding you know, year? <laughs> right, right, yeah, the rebuilding year. The the offensive line wasn't very good, right, and that's that's the only reason they lost it all. But I, I think. <laughs> You know, you got to. We talk all about, all about C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and you know he could do it again. So, if you would have given me Alabama in the field, I might have taken Alabama. Hmm. But that's that's only because uh, I was forced to make picks for our preview magazine not long ago, and I picked Alabama over Ohio State. So there's two of the teams in your Twitter question choice number one right there. So I have to go with that choice, the first choice. I'm making my picks on Friday, and what you just said kind of sounds very familiar what I have on a piece of paper for Friday's program, unfortunately. All right, Tyler, you've got everything covered at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. What's a Blue and Gold Saturday going to look like? We're going to have Game Day Central, courtesy of Mike Singer, our recruiting reporter. Uh, He does a fantastic job, and this Saturday is going to look a little bit different. I think Patrick Engel and I, my coworker, are going to get to Columbus on Friday night, wake up early, and see what we can find at college game day. Maybe we'll find a couple of Notre Dame fans who made a lengthy trip, or maybe they live in Columbus and they've been waiting for this type of opportunity to see the Fighting Irish on game day. So we'll see what we can do. Boots on the ground reporting. And then aside from that, uh, you know, if, after the game, if you want to read about Notre Dame and what happened, there is no better place than to go than blueandgold.com. I think we have the best game day package there is. And if it gets to be a little too late on Saturday night, wake up early, go to blueandgold.com on Sunday morning, and you will 
it'll be like Christmas morning, especially if Notre Dame wins, because it'll all be right there for you, and you're going to want to read every last word. We do it uh, better than anybody else, blueandgold.com. There you go, the two gentlemen who will be bringing you Game Day Sports Beat tomorrow, powered by Michelob Ultra, of course. Uh, that coming your way four o'clock tomorrow, part of our pregame coverage. Before that, we've got uh, we've got Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with uh, with myself and also Tim Growl. So that's what we got for you coming up tomorrow, as far as uh, as far as pregame coverage goes. And then, of course, afterward, we've got the official Notre Dame uh, football postgame uh, postgame show as well. So that presented by St. Joseph Health System. So. Uh, We've got you covered. We've got what is it by my count? Like ten, eleven hours worth of worth of coverage. It's all 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 of the locally produced stuff. The post game show, game day sports beat, game day, all that stuff going to be available not just on nine sixty a.m. but also at wsbtradio.com and also on our new Twitch channel at uh, w w uh, no sports radio nine sixty wsbt. That's the Twitch channel. So there you go. Search for, search for that uh, Twitch free app streaming video. You can watch me uh, basically uh, screw up the show from a production standpoint as well as uh, from a talking sp- standpoint <laughs> the microphone as you just as you just heard we'll wrap things up we've got some uh, some betting numbers to get through uh, the the latest odds to win the college football playoff where does Notre Dame fall in that I'll let you know. And of course all the uh, other big games from the weekend that's coming up Leprechaun Lunch powered by First State Bank Sports Radio 960 WSBT Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, locally owned and operated. Also uh, brought to you by South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Also by Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape. Must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. So, we've got uh, betting numbers for the weekend. Alabama, obviously, the odds-on favorite to win the national championship this year. These numbers, by the way, provided by BetMGM. Alabama at plus 190. Ohio State's at plus 320. And uh, Georgia at plus 350. They're those three light years ahead of everybody else. Clemson kind of hanging in there at plus 1,200. They're next on the list. Then it's USC for some unknown reason. Uh, plus 2,000, Texas A&M plus 2,500, Notre Dame coming in at plus 4,000 along with Texas, and uh, and Michigan at plus 5,000 to win the national championship. As far as tomorrow night goes for Notre Dame, they're sitting at plus 525 on the money line, Ohio State at minus 750. Um, no, don't, don't play that. Don't play those numbers, okay? Don't. Take the 17-point spread with Notre Dame. Notre Dame plus 17. There's your there's your bet. All right. First half numbers, by the way. Notre Dame at plus 400 to win the first half. Uh, Ohio State uh, minus 550, a 10-point favorite in the first half. Over under for the game 59 and a half. For the first half, it's uh, it's 31. So. That, uh, that that that's that's still pretty damn good. Uh, Seven thirty on the kick for that game. Uh, earlier in the day, we've got number three Georgia versus Oregon in Atlanta. You can find that game on ABC at three thirty. Uh, let's see. Oregon coming in the underdog, seventeen and a half point underdog, plus five fifty. I mean, Oregon's got that almost kind of got that new team smell on them. New coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback from Auburn. Top 15 ranking. Congratulations, you get to go to Atlanta to play Georgia. (laughs) Yay! Uh, Stetson Bennett back under center for the Bulldogs. He's going to lead them to an early victory, I think. Uh, That said, Oregon... uh, I, I... Unlike 
my faith in Notre Dame being able to uh, pull off the the seventeen point, you know, beating the spread there. I don't think Oregon hangs with Georgia in that respect. If you have to play the points, fifty four and a half is the uh, over under for Georgia and Oregon. Uh, LSU and Florida State. Maybe some people around here are interested in that. I don't know. Uh, 7.30 on Sunday down in New Orleans. LSU favored by three. They're at minus 155 on the uh, on the money line. Florida State plus 125. Probably a really even game, actually. Over-under set at 51.5. Uh, I mean, Florida State, they won by 40 in, in week zero, but it, it, it's week zero. <laughs> All right. Brian Kelly did get one of the better transfer classes in college football. Not going to lie. But that's a lot to put on the new guys, you know? Florida State to cover. Florida State plus three. I like that. Uh, Utah at Florida. Number seven Utah at Florida. 7 p.m. tomorrow night on ESPN. Utah a three-point favorite, but it's down in the swamp. That... I believe upset right there. I like Florida to cover. I like Florida straight up even at plus 120. And then uh, Cincinnati at Arkansas, number 23 Cincy, number 19 Arkansas down in Fayetteville. Uh, Arkansas a six and a half point favorite. I think they win by that spread. I will see you tomorrow, two o'clock for Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl. A, uh, a huge list of guests. Uh, coming up at 2 o'clock, and then Darren and Tyler have Game Day Sports Beat, powered by Michelob Ultra. We've got the game, the Notre Dame Radio Network taking things over at 6.30 tomorrow, and then after the game, Reggie Brooks and I, with the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great weekend. Greeny, coming up next. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.